diversity of thought, diversity of, you know, obviously thought doesn't come without diversity of indiv individuals, right? And, and, and diversity of individuals need, I think you and I have spoken quite a bit around it, is leadership. What does that leadership look like? And, and how can we, right, in, in whatever setup we, we are in, or maybe who's thinking, maybe people who are thinking about it, kind of change their mindset and be okay with that tension of having diverse people and therefore managing diverse thoughts. So we'll talk about it, uh, you know, as we do the next next episode, if you're cool with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, right. I'm not in, you know, I'm, you, uh, you open a lot of uh, threads and, uh, you know, you, you, you know, uh, I think about this a lot. Um, I'm passionate about it. Um, because I think it's actually one of the biggest challenges that we face as a society, uh, whether or not people right. acknowledge that or not. But I, I do really believe that uh, these are the things that, you know, that really have lasting change. Hello, friends. Thank you for joining the podcast uh, brought to you by Share the Well. Uh, here we talk about these, this key concept of diversity, but there's so much built into it. You know, there's this unity. There is um equity, um, there is, you know, equality, so much built into that concept of diversity and it cannot be seen in isolation. And, and it's tough because you, you really need to work hard. You need to get away from what we think is quote unquote normal that we kind of look around and say that's normal because it may not be normal. And so we, we, we talk about this concept and how it plays into the psyche at work um, you'll be you'll be keenly interested to kind of on you know um, interested to kind of hear uh, Mike's perspective and uh, you know some some of my perspective as well. So enjoy the episode, take a listen. And I'll talk to you guys end of the episode. Um, so let's 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 explore that right the the diversity of individuals, bringing diversity of thought, leading to innovative you know kind of as you said, challenging the status quo, which leads to innovation, right? Whether it's process, organization, product, whatever. But that needs kind of foundational leadership that looks at it with that lens, right? And, and we've seen, we've experienced, right? Without naming our references or whatever, we've seen uniformity, right? And and we, we've had to kind of challenge that uniformity to bring about some level of diversity. And this is the challenge and, I, and I, I'd like to take is that how do leaders see quote unquote unity? I think they see it as uniformity. Uh, I don't know how, what your experience has been. Yeah, you, you, we, we may need several hours of tape on this one. We, we, we've got time. <laughs> many, many so, weeks. so I've been very, uh, as I mentioned, I've been very uh, fortunate um, based upon the things that I was exposed to. But I've also, um, I'm, I've, I've been accustomed to being, you know, the only minority in the room, only black person in the room in many cases. Um, and as I have moved up into executive leadership, um, literally being the only one, right? Um, the only ethnic person in the room. Now things have changed over time. 
but yeah, um, you know, the thing that has always been puzzling to me is that, um, you know, going back to that whole discussion about unconscious bias, right? But then if you, if you believe in unconscious bias, then why aren't you actually living what you preach? Because that's how you change culture. You can't say that I want to believe in unconscious bias so I can check the box so that I can meet a compliance requirement. But yet when I walk into a boardroom and I'm literally the only minority or black person in the room, how can you say that you support that? You can't, right? Mm-hmm. And I've seen that so many times and you you know what I'm, what it, uh, you, you've, been, yeah. you've been there. Now things have, things have changed um, gradually, but I think that what uh, the traditional executives need to acknowledge and many companies are doing have done a great job with this right a lot of companies i mean this is just part of their their dna it's just part of who they are um and you know they just sort of you know i'm looking for the best people i'm looking for diversity so they they intentionally are making that part of their whole culture because they know that those are the things that foster innovation they're already naturally they naturally do that and it's pretty easy to, to, to pick the companies who fall into these camps and those who don't fall into these camps. And I remember when, I, you know, when we were going through you know, those protests over the, over the summer, I picked up the phone and I called some of the folks in, in my leadership. And I had mentioned to them, I said, look, you know, there is, and I sent an email and I said, I feel like I need to reach out to you because I think I can help you Um, have this conversation Um, because there are folks in our organization that are young and mentors who are minorities who when they actually look at the leadership they are hopeless because they see nobody that looks like them in leadership they see all Hmm. of the same uh, the same theme of people Uh in leadership I'll leave it at that and I said, so I said, the reason I'm reaching out to you, I said, is because this is different. My kids have, are feeling this, this impact. And this brings us back to what my parents went through. It reminded me of what I saw when I was coming up through my career. And I said, you are not equipped to handle this conversation because you have nobody in this organization, in your leadership group, that is even going to be able to relate to what's going on. So as Mm. people are going to reach out and want to talk to you, I'm going, uh, you know, I want to extend my hand and open my door so that I can help you have those conversations. And I'm all, you know, and if you want me to be a mentor or if you want me to be a place where folks can reach out and have those discussions, no matter what race, background, uh, gender, uh, ethnicity, I'm here to have that conversation with them because this is something that uh, that I have uh, been responsible for and had uh, a lot of involvement in my role over the many decades of my career. Uh, and this is something new that I saw, you know, starting starting to build. Mm. And so, um, so I think that you know, um, I think it's imperative that, um, you know, and, and then the other thing that I actually said to them is I said, look, you're going to have a problem because I'm going to tell you what people are doing right now. 
I said, they're going to the corporate website right now, right before your eyes, because my kids are doing it. They're going to the corporate website. They are looking at the pictures because everybody's all about, let me put the pictures of the executives in these organizations on the website. And I'm telling you right now, this is a problem because there is nobody that looks, there's nobody of color on that website. And they were dumbfounded. They said, what do you mean? I said, just go to the website. I said, so you're, you're preaching one thing, but yet when you go to the website and you say, what does this company stand for? What you're saying that you stand for is not demonstrated on the way you are showcasing your executive leadership. So they had that conversation. There was a bunch of back and forth going back and forth. And surely, you know, not more than three weeks later, we mag there magically uh, was an individual that was promoted. And now we have, a, there was a person of color that was put, put on that website. Now I'm no longer with the organization, but it's just, it's just a, um, an indication of what people are doing. And we're living with um, a younger generation where this stuff matters. We're living in the world of social media where this stuff matters. We're living in an era where um, it's very easy to have visibility into you know, what, you, what you say and what you stand for. And it's very visible and it, it gets traction very, very quickly. So then yeah. all you need to do is go to many corporate websites and you can tell what do they say versus what do they look like? It's very yeah. easy to pick it up. Yeah. So how do you move from, you know, kind of um, token, <laughs> you know, to transformation, right? And, and yeah, this is a great question. All right. Like I said, we, we need many hours for this. So there were several sessions that took place during this time. And that, that uh, you know, that uh, uh, adjective, and I'll call it an adverb, and I'll call it even a pronoun, right? Because we're in the world of pronouns, right? <laughs> what I said to them, and, and it was an open forum, open discussion. And one of the questions was, you know, similar. It's like, you know, how do I mentor somebody who's, you know, of a different race? Um, if they've asked me different questions and how can I help, help to develop them? Um, and what, and, and there was a lot of questions and answers going back and forth. And I finally had to come off mute because I said, look, I gave him my background, talked about, you know, all the things I experienced in a very short abbreviated manner. But I said, what you need to understand is this, maybe they're not the ones that need to be mentored. Because if you're the one that needs to figure out how to communicate to somebody who you're supposed to be um, advising them on their career, but yet you're calling it out as a, you know, that they need assistance with, you know, because it's another, a person of another race, then maybe they're not the problem, okay? Secondly, I said, they're just like you and me. We're all the same, right? God created us equal, but God made us special and unique. And I said, and that is a good thing because that drives innovation. I said, right. so, I said, so let me just, and I said, hear me out. And I'm gonna say it a few times here. Nobody wants to be called someone's token. Nobody wants to be a token. So if you are calling it out, then you by default 
have left in their mind that the only reason they're there is they're a token because you're trying yeah. to check a box. Which is why I say maybe you're the person that needs to be needs to get the mentorship. Yeah. yeah. It's a complete change of paradigm. It's a destruction of stereotypes and it's a complete obliteration of bias based upon what you were taught when you were younger because none of it's true, mm -hmm. right? Just because they didn't go to the same schools, just because they didn't have access to the same you know, privileges doesn't mean they're not as smart and could possibly be smarter than you. It's just yeah. that you haven't figured out how to tap into that uniqueness that can actually excel a company forward. Yeah, yeah. So diverse, <laughs> you know, so, you know, I, 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 100% agree with you, right? And 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 I think some of the companies are really doing. I can tell you, our company is like they're doing a great job with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Ken Ken's a great guy for us, and and he's African American. He's grown up in you know the inner city in Philadelphia, and he's he's really rocking it for us, right? In terms of shaping us up to think appropriately, so that we can do appropriately, right? Um, you know, so coming back to this obliteration of your premises, right? If you've grown up and you've seen success, you've behaved a particular way that, and you've had your own quote unquote clicks and you've surrounded yourself with people who you believe that can bring both success to the organization and to you, right? How, you know, it's, it's tough, right? To kind of obliterate that paradigm because that's your success, um, you know, sauce, secret sauce for your success. I know Bill Green, Accenture CEO used to always say, what's a secret sauce, right? So yep. I'm gonna use that phrase. So if you've had the secret sauce of growing up in the corporate setup or whatever, right? In, in, in corporate America or wherever, you know, corporate in the world, how do you kind of obliterate that? How, how do you transform yourself? Uh, I know you touched upon a little bit around kind of reverse mentoring, <laughs> right? For people to be mentored by um, folks that are different than them, whom they have not given appropriate opportunities, perhaps to kind of get their input. What, what, what are the things that you think that are possibilities for people who, who genuinely want to say, hey, you know what? Uh, I need some mentoring around this area. I, I, I don't mind changing my premises or paradigms. Stop making decisions based on your own personal self motives. Mm. That's number one, <laughs> right? Going back That's to your me. selfish, yeah, 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 selfishness that, that, and- uh, Exactly, yeah. you cannot be socially aware but self selfishly absorbed. You can't do it. Mm. The two do not mm. go together, right? Mm. Mm. So often I have seen people um, that have amazing ideas, right? That can solve some of these biggest challenges that the company is facing. While it, but at the same time, I've seen those ideas taken from those individuals and then presented by folks that look exactly the same as the rest of those folks in those organizations and presented it as their own. And I would sit in these sessions and my jaw, I, I would be dumbfounded because I would see them present these things 
as if it was their own. And their peers that look just like them think that they are geniuses because they've cracked the code, right? Meanwhile, I'm looking at them and saying, shame on you, shame mm. on you, because I know where that came from. I know who actually originated, originally came up with that idea and that concept. Mm. If you want to make a change, if you want to have an impact, and if you want to mentor somebody with a servant's heart, then you bring that person in the room, you give that person credit, and you co-present with that person that we that this person brought this idea up. We've been working together on this. So I'm going to share with you the way we've thought about it. But I'd also like you guys to ask them you know, how they came up with this idea and what got them the, what got them um, to the point where they thought that this could add a great, have a great impact in terms of achieving the goals that we want to achieve in our organization. I think mm. that, you know, because of the role in my organization or the role that I carry within this group, I feel compelled to bring it to you, but it's also my duty to introduce you to the source of where that came from. And here's what we would like to do is we'd like to co- develop and co-work on this and also get your input so that we can actually bring this thing forward um, to really have a lasting, lasting impact. That's mm. such an selfish, selfish or selfless thing to do. But because people are um, so charged with getting the next level in the organization, getting the next title in the organization, moving up the corporate ranks, getting that extra bonus, right? Um, it's all about self-purpose, self-motivation, and self-centeredness, as a but all wrapped in this shroud or this wrapping of, um, uh, of unconscious bias. You got to shatter it. Mm. You have to shatter that barrier. And if anybody is allowed to continue to do that, then you don't belong as a leader in this era going forward. Mm. Wow. That, that, you know, that's, um, I don't know how, how to kind of uh, word this, this. I'm very you know, passionate it, about this. No, no, you, you are, I, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I'm actually fully agreeing with you. You know, so if we, we're basically look, flipping look, look, the I'm not definition saying, of a leader. Look, yeah, so look, I'm not saying that part of the success that you have as a leader is that you've gone through the gauntlet to get yourself to a point where you know how to present, you know the things that are gonna carry through, you know exactly the way that audience is going to take things and the decisiveness in which, and, and also the veracity at which you actually go through that. It's like a shark tank, right? Mm -mm -mm. So do it together. But in order for them to get to those levels, it's your job and it's incumbent upon you as a leader to mentor and coach them to help them get to that point so that they mm. are prepared for those rigorous, um, fast-paced, um, merciless uh, meetings that take place because that's what it takes to compete in a corporate competitive setting. But if yeah. you're going to take the ideas from them, and not actually bring them along with you, 
given it's their idea in the first place, then you don't belong sitting at that table. Mm. Yeah. And I'm, so, and, I, I, yeah, go sorry, go ahead. Finish, finish, no, finish, go ahead. Finish. No, no. Exactly. No, I think the, the corollary to what you said, right, about um, socially aware and selfish, you know, mindset, if you flip that is essentially what you're saying is selfless and servant-like leadership. Uh, no question about it. Ab absolutely, absolutely. Now, one of the things that this person said, which I thought was really interesting is that, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, in the, in the wake of COVID, right? We're, you know, we're talking about, you know, just decisions that people make and so forth. And, you know, and, and then we, brought it into the into this realm and they threw out a, a statement it's like you know yeah it's almost as if you know people have their lapses in judgment and look we all do that i do that right you sort of yeah. get caught up in moment but did you catch yourself so is it a an acute lapse of judgment or is it a chronic uh, chronic deterioration in your character right right, right. no no great Great, great paradigm. So, so let's let's kind of summarize what you you know. Let's sorry, not summarize. Let's build on what you're saying. You know, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. So let me let me see if I'm hearing you straight. So correct me if I'm wrong. You're saying that the leader needs to be selfless in the way that he thinks and operates internally. Second, what you're saying is, if you do slip up or trip up, how are you made aware? But if you don't have a diverse group of people, how the heck will you know <laughs> that you have tripped up? So you, you, are you suggesting that we, if you, if not just you be selfless, but ensure that you have this diverse point of view to protect you from becoming selfish again? So very, a lot to unpack there. Um, so one of the things I suggested in my feedback as we were kind of going through, you know, the things that I um, do through the summer, um, a lot of these um, um, I was I, open discussions that people that mm. corporations were were establishing. And this is kind of where the whole, uh, you know, the tokenism discussion kind of came up where I mentioned that. Um, one of the things that I, uh, that I encourage, the, the, and I think many organizations to do, you know, we're so top-down oriented, you know, that somehow mm -hmm. I've ascended through the ranks that so, you know, somehow I have all the answers. Well, that couldn't be further from the truth, <laughs> right? Yeah. All of yeah. the new technologies and advances are happening through younger generations, right? Mm -hmm. They're the ones that are shaping the future. It's just that we have the benefit of the corporate structure and the access to the financials and the resources and so forth to actually bring those things forward. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for the next thing to come, you know, what, what's the next big thing that should be created, right? If you look at just AI and machine learning, right? We're minting data sciences, folks, you know, um, but yet, that has been around, you know, since when I started my career. It's just that now we have access to data that we didn't have access to. We have uh, an ability to harness technology and computers that are magnet in orders of magnitude 
more powerful than what we had back then. We talked about neural networks and deep learning back then. It's just that we didn't have the capacity to do it the way in which we're able to do it. And we have new programming languages. The people that are actually learning how to do that, they're being taught that in school. They're also just going on the internet and learning how to do it on the internet, right? Um, they're going to um, Khan Academy or Coursera and lynda.com and LinkedIn Learning and all of these things that you have access to. So if we're relying on them to be the future of the growth of the business for a, you know for the, for the next um, uh, uh, next iteration, then wouldn't that same premise be true that you would actually look for the younger generations to mentor you as opposed to you saying I'm going to mentor down? They need you need mentorship up, just like there needs to be mentorship down, right? So rather than using the same old principles and structure that we've come grown accustomed to, let's deconstruct and let's let, let's destroy it and obliterate it and let's build it from the ground up so that it grows from the inside out, right? Mm. So that mm. there's a core, there's a core and a foundation that's lasting, right? Because ideas can germinate from anywhere, right? And what we need to do is we need to say, well, people with like minds, but with equal, with, with similar interests, no matter what level of tenure they have in the organization, let's put that group together. And it doesn't necessarily mean because the most senior person and the most um, um, highest ranking in the person in that, in that group now is the person that actually, you know, um, dictates how we're going to construct this. No, right. it's actually the diff. It's it's different. It's the person that had the idea is right. there that it should be leading that and say, "Here's what, here's where I was thinking. Now help me figure out how we can bring this together." And then we divide and conquer, and we start to do the things that we're all specialists in. It's a fundamentally different yeah. way of thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you you know you're creating definitely a network, right? but you're empowering that network um, and equality. You're not creating a hierarchy, but you're creating a network that can then, you know, drive through the idea. Absolutely. Right. right. I think it's already, by the way, it's happening. I think it's, an, so, you know, if you take the agile methodology of development, right? You know, you, you have different roles, different roles are there. And uh, even if you take design thinking, for instance, right? Uh, you can see that it doesn't matter what your designation is, is your idea is what, that, what matters towards the problem statement that you want to solve. That's right. Nobody's, nobody's going to vote because, you know, AVP kind of had the idea. Those days are gone. Yeah. Everybody's looking at ideas across the patch Everybody's contributing to it, whether you are a new associate or a VP or AVP, whatever, right? And then you vote to that idea because you see the power of the idea and then you vote towards it. So you kind of, I'd say you've raised everybody's level from an equality standpoint, and now you're just dealing with idea and not really, you know, putting these obstacles of person, role and tenure and you know, all of that, you're just focused on learning. 
Absolutely. And if we did that in right. all aspects of our life, if we did that across all race, racial and ethnic and, and religious backgrounds, exactly, exactly. Right, you now start to have change that starts yeah. to happen yeah. because you start yeah. to look as you start to look as your peer, as your equal or the person that is, right. Right. You, well, you start to look as look at all people as my peer, as my mm -hmm. equal, as God intended. Right. 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 And, and the, so, you know, I, I'm sure there are leaders that are maybe that are, you know, leaders who are like that. I, I'm sure there are actually, I should not be using Oh, the there word, are. Maybe. Yeah, there, there are. are. Right. There definitely are. And I, I think you and I have experienced that kind of leadership. I, I think the, the challenge for us is how do we replicate this to become the norm? Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. How can this become the norm? Right. Um, and you're, you're so right when it comes to selfishness, all of us, right, including, you know, all the two of us, we have an inclination towards that, obviously, right? Uh, that's the nature component. Remember, we spoke in the last that's conversation. The, that's the way we all are. We're all flawed. Right. Yeah. But, but if we do have this network, right, and the network is diverse, in terms of its, you know, um, uniqueness and and the beauty, right, of God's creation of being different, because we bring different experiences to the table and different paradigms. It's like you know, it's like five people seeing the same accident. Everybody sees a little different, and and if we can capture that difference, we don't lose the essence, right? Everybody understands that there's an accident, but you get different. You know, accidents aren't probably the right thing, but you know, uh, let's <laughs> let's take a, let's take a good event. Let's take a wedding. Um, you you have a lot of guests who have witnessed the wedding. Everybody takes away something different because that's the way they're wired, and nobody forgets the event. So that was a wedding, but the the flavors are different, and it's beautiful. If we have leadership that encourages that differences that add to the beauty of the event itself you know it's going to be utopia for us no no question about it you know i i believe that um you have to have some sort of social event and upheaval to get people to recalibrate the way they think and i think we're going through that we've gone through that um but here's, here's something that people need to, you know, be very mindful of and need to be very careful of. And, and we've talked about this, right? What has always struck me is that you see all these flags, you see all of these posts, you see all of these things where people, you know, it kind of goes back to social awareness, right? And this is kind of where the whole uh, but selfishly absorb piece, because you're actually going for some type of motive um, that is, um, you know, an ulterior, um, uh, you know, an, an ulterior or an alternate reality, I guess, is what I would say, because it, it helps you justify the way you think. It helps to support your beliefs so that you can rationalize um, whatever it is you want that outcome to be, right? And also to absolve yourself from poor behavior, right? And so I've always been puzzled by 
we see all of these things and everybody says, and it's in the name of God, right? <laughs> so I don't even understand how you can make that connection because God never said that it's okay to, to say that this per that I'm better than that person. God never said that. We're all equal, right? God never said that I can go in and bash somebody's head in. God never said go do that in the name of God, right? Never said that. God never said I'm going to, you know, go go burn down the city all in the name of God. He didn't say go do all of those things. He never said that, right? What he said is that you are all equal, right? And Jesus gave his life, right? Nobody comes to the Father except through me, right? And Jesus was a peaceful man, right? Turn the other cheek, forgive, understand, pray for each other, right? But do not divide each other. Yeah. And I've never, <laughs> and I can never understand when I see religion getting brought into it. So that tells me that, mm. you know, is that a, is that a, an acute issue or is that a chronic issue? Is it a lapse in judgment or is it a deterioration in your character based upon what has been nurtured and reinforced from generation after generation to support the right. behavior and a justification for the way you feel? Right. We all need to come to reckon with it and we all will come to reckon with it. And that's what folks need to understand is that if you are doing things and you are a follower of Christ and you believe in God, then we all know that at some point in our life, we will have to reckon with this behavior. We will have to reckon with these decisions. Now, that can be a peaceful life or that can be a very tumultuous life. But at some right. point in your in your life, whether or not it is, you know, your time on earth or your last day on earth, you will have to deal with it at some point in your life. Hmm. It's fascinating is seeing that um, one of the one of the guys, I don't know, I was talking to somebody and he's like, you have to you have to meet the creator either on the earth or on the last day. Right. Um, it's going to happen. The reckoning is going to happen. Um, for those who obviously believe in life, believe that, you know, that's many, right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Many people, that's many right. people don't believe that. So, you know, that, that wouldn't seemingly apply, not apply to them, but you know, you everybody's hedging their bets, right? Um, <laughs> we want to believe right, uh, on, on Jesus Christ who raised from the dead. So you want to assume that, okay, if you raised from the dead, there's something like, you know, there's something after death. It's just life, bro. Yeah. So let me let me come back to this uh, question. Maybe we got time for maybe a couple of questions here. Yeah. Um, on leadership, um, uh, the the question that I had around leadership is: so we've spoken about selflessness. We've spoken about this network. We've spoken about equality. Um, you know, and then we've spoken about really sacrifice, right? To your point around Jesus sacrificing himself rather than taking advantage. Um, the corporate world 
we we have obviously uh, we, we try to create a just system that you reward people for what they do, and you obviously nothing don't wrong really, with that. You know, and there's nothing wrong yeah, with that. But you you see you you take that premise that I have to deliver, and because it's a pyramid, right? <laughs> it's a pyramid. It's it's not like you know it's not a we. It's it's almost like an A. And so the the mad rush, as you said before, to kind of climb that, and when you climb, when you when your intention is to climb that, uh, then you want to. It's almost like stomping over others to kind of get up, right? So the rewarding system. Do you think that? Do you think that overhauling that is going to be crucial in order to breed a different kind of le- leadership, right? If you were to say, I'm just giving an example, you breed two leaders, you're rewarded for it as your you know, executive and director and above and all of that, right? So, you know, may not be applicable for, I think, sorry, it can be applicable anywhere. Mm-hmm. If you inverse the kind of, uh, you know, uh, the org chart to kind of say, if you build leaders, you're rewarded. It's not just what you do, but sorry. It is essentially what you do, but when you're figuring out the objectives, if the objectives are tweaked in a way that says, hey, you you got to build others better than yourself, would, would that change kind of the, you know, I know it's going to be impossible to kind of think of that, but I, you know, I'm ra- radically thinking about it, right? Just to kind of say, hey, is that a way that we can change that? Because end of the day, you know, you work towards goals, objectives, and if those goals and objectives are, you have to do your best to be able to climb up. Yeah. You know what? So another serious question to unpack, right? Mm. So, I, so I'll tell you what I tell people that um, that I work with or who I've hired to be on our teams, right? And they, and a lot of them, they. They joke with me about this. They say, oh, I work for, you know, Michael. I said, nobody works for anybody. I said, you don't work for me. We work together. You're here because you bring value to this org, to this team, and you can help us achieve the goals that we're trying to achieve, right? I have one role. You have another role. You know, such and such has a different role, right? And we all play an integral part in order to make sure that we can achieve those goals, right? Hopefully we get it right. We're probably going to get a lot of it wrong, but whatever we land upon, hopefully that gets us to where we're trying, you know, what we're trying to achieve. I do not believe God never established a hierarchical system, right? Um, So what makes us believe that, you know, that we should set up a hierarchical system, right? Um, I actually would ask a different question what is a leader? Are we and and what criteria are we using to define what leadership is? That's are a great using, question. Yeah, that's uh, that's a better question. Yeah. So, the way I see it is that we all can lead. We can all follow. Right. There's really only one true leader. It's God. Right. And it's Jesus who 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 was the teacher right? That gave us a playbook, right? For how to live Mm. our lives, right? Mm. 
to support the common goal and the greater good for what the grand plan is all about, right? Right. And we all play an integral role within that. It right. doesn't, it does not mean that I'm the leader and you're the follower. In fact, we're all pupils in the grand scheme of it all. And if you think right. somebody works for you, well, then I think you have to sort of re-examine the way in which you actually think about servantship and more importantly, um, and, you know, and this goes to, you know, some pretty deep areas within one's personal self. What are you about as a person? Because I go back to what we said earlier, we are all equal. Hmm. God says that. He never said that there was any hierarchy. We are all yeah. equal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we've created yeah. this artificial um, <laughs> structure to make us feel good and to give us a sense of, you know, a way for us to uh, compensate people, you know, um, uh, you know, to put them all on treadmills to make them all compete and 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 the sad part about it is that it creates a culture where people eat their young right mm. which is why there's no if that is the criteria and the culture that you're going to establish and you're going to reward for that behavior well then that is that's exactly what you're going to get you're going to get people that will um, stop at nothing to climb that stru you know that structure to go grab whatever it is that carrot is that you stuck out there. And if that's what's rewarded all the time, and if you're going to promote based upon bad behavior, well, then that yeah. culture sees that. And they say, well, if that's what it takes to achieve that, then I too need to assimilate to that. Yeah, I mean, you produce your own, right? There's no, you know, the, as they say, that many different dialogues, the apple doesn't fall far away from the tree and what, whatever you know, analogy you want to use. Yeah, I know, I know. And that's a, it's a brilliant question. I, you know, I, I had that in my head, but I just lost it. But could you bring it back up is, who is a leader and you bring up jesus you know for the two of us he is the ultimate leader um you know he washed the feet of the disciples there's nothing you know more lowly than that task but he says i'm your leader and i've i've done it you do it for others right so if you had leaders like that yeah man we would we would bring about a lot more change not meaning to say that we don't have we do i think we need more we need more. Yeah. And, you know, the thing, um, I, I think the thing that uh, it's a choice of words, it's the yeah. associations that we put place on it 
and it's the anchors that stay rooted in us that cause us to you know think of things in a in a in a different manner right so if we say a leader are all of these things well then and that's been reinforced from generation after generation after generation well then okay well then i guess that's that's what it is right you know if you look at you look at your parents or do you view your parents as your leaders or do you view your parents as your parents that are here to help develop and cultivate but your parents also learn from you as well yeah right so it really kind of comes down to a changing of a definition um and, and and i think that you know we all are pupils we're all here to learn but we're all here to also benefit from that shared commonality um, that we can gain from each other. And so this whole idea around leadership, which is really a man-made definition, right? All things are, so, you know, for the most part, man-made. But if you think about it, it's all designed to create some sort of hierarchical approach when in reality, it should be, you know, completely the opposite, right? It's servantship, yeah. it's mentorship, right? and its community, um, that's how you build strong organizations. And every organization that operates in that fashion, they're some of the you know, strongest, most innovative organizations that, that are out there. And you know, people always wonder, how do they continue to keep creating more and more and more and more and more and more, and more, more things? Well, it's because they have a fundamentally different way in which they think about things and they don't view people as, um, as items, they view them as, People, they view them as people, right? They view them as equals. They don't view them as a tool. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the first dialogue that came to my head as I was thinking about our dialogue. This, you know, do we see people as commodity or do we see the community, you know, that we can build, right? And that's, and it, yeah, I, I, I'm actually blown away by your statement. Uh, you know, social awareness. I think there's a there's the community, and there's that awareness, and then it it boils down to how I how I am. You know, obviously you can't do it, right? It's impossible for you to change yourself. You know, that's why we need we need the Lord to to change who we are, right? That's the movement from selfishness from a motive standpoint to selflessness. So it's fascinating to kind of see how we change that mindset from commoditization to community, but it's got to be selfish to selfless, right? And the transformation can only be done. The heart transplant <laughs> can be done by, by God. Otherwise, you know, you can make up certain things. You can think of certain activities, but there's no true change. And we spoke about that nurture, right, over the years, over the centuries even. There's no true heart change. Then there will be some level of outward change. And then we go back to the same old you, practices. You always, right? Yeah, you snap, it's, you snap back and you snap back, you know, because, look, you, you, you're trying to uh, put food on the table, keep a roof over your head. Um, you're trying to accomplish whatever 
uh, personal goals that you want to achieve for your children and give them a great education, go on your vacation, you know, go on vacations and all of those things. And look, that's a given. I mean, we all want those things, mm. right? So let's mm. just put all of that aside because that'll take care of itself, right? Right, right. Right. But if we live our life as if it's a zero sum game. And that's the problem with the way a lot of this traditional structures and the way in which we've taught, we think that there's mm. not plenty, right? We mm. feel as though, you know, that, that this is all, th this is it. So I got to go grab my little uh, corner and make sure nobody else gets at it, right? Nobody else mm. has mm. access to it. I'm going to accumulate as much as I can accumulate because there's nothing else. There's nothing left, mm. right? It's, uh, it's this uh, zero sum game mentality that somehow has gotten um, ingrained in the way we think about things. And it turns to your, you know, to your comment of, you know, it, it, it turns people into commodities, right? Uh, when we forget that we're equals, right? It's just that we have a different we come from different backgrounds. Doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean it's it's it, it's uh, it doesn't mean that it causes any threat to you. In fact, it actually can enhance enhance your life. Thank you so much, friends, for listening into our, our podcast. As I always say, I hope you took away one idea, one thought that can change the way you think and therefore that will change the way you do stuff you know for a long time um we are we are so glad to bring this content to you if you are excited and if you want to get engaged you want to send us some feedback please feel free to go to our website it's it's address is share the well.community if you want to engage through your platform please do that send us your comments or questions and we'd love to kind of answer this concept of diversity is so critical. You know, once we lose the essence of it, uh, people become commodities. You know, I, I didn't expect the conversation to get that way, but how can we move away from that and look at one another with a sense of community, adding the diverse voices into our own lives and into business to bring about a change to the way we do stuff. Um, hope you enjoy the episode for more coming up in the weeks ahead. Thank you. Have a blessed week.